Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, it's Ayers on the Road again. We're back. Richard and Linda Ayer here talking about family, talking about marriage, talking about trying to balance our lives between our work and our church and our personal needs and our family. It is not easy. Sometimes you feel like a juggler trying to keep all those balls in the air. And, you know, we're going to talk about a book that was written a long time ago, and things haven't changed very much. There are so many things now to balance. In fact, maybe it's more. It's more intense now than it ever has been. Well, as you know, we're trying to go through and summarize each of our books uh, one week at a time because, hey, you know, you might as well get the condensed version and... Since we've been writing for these many years on things like family and like parenting and like marriage, these are things that don't change. And so we think these books are still relevant, even though some of them were written a few years ago, but we're not so sure you need to go out and buy them. We'll summarize them here for you. And we're talking today about a book that is called Life Planning. All one word. We created a new word, Life Planning. And actually, you can't buy this anymore. It's too old. But you can get it online at IrisFreeBooks. Well, and you can also still get it on Amazon. But that's not the point, Linda. And before we jump right into the book, how about we just say that life balance and life planning are an ongoing thing. You know, they, how well you plan your life and how well you try to think ahead and anticipate what will happen is not only the thing that makes the difference in your career, it's the thing that makes the difference in your family. And we've always felt like families that spend some time planning, couples that sit down together and and reevaluate and say, how are we doing? How can we do better? How can we prioritize more? They don't always come up with the same answers, but but they think about it, and that's what improves their family. And I think we've gone through... Lots of different ways to plan your life um, in the last 30 years since this is published. There are so many good ideas. But we're going to try and bring this down to just the bare, not the minimum, but the thing that will work for everybody. You know, the thing, intriguing thing for us, we've, you know, because we've been at this for a long time, and when you do public opinion polls and you ask people what's the most important thing to them, they always say family. I mean, 90% on those polls, my family is the most important thing to me. And yet, a lot of us feel some guilt because when we analyze how we spend our time and how we spend our mental energy, it seems like we're pouring a lot more effort into our finances and our career and some of our hobbies and some of our sports and some of our entertainment and so many other things in our life and maybe sometimes not as much as we should into our families. Now, that's not to say family doesn't take a lot of our time, but what about the thinking time, the planning time, the evaluating time? You know the old saying that the unexamined life, this is Socrates, Linda, right? So we've got to pay attention. The yeah. unexamined life is not worth living. Well, the unexamined family... You know, when your family life just is a routine and you just do it and you just try to keep up with it and you just try to put out fires and you just keep, you know, being so busy that you don't really have time to settle down and think and evaluate, 
that's when maybe we start having problems in our families. Yeah, and when you don't know where you're going, where you don't have a common goal, and you can look forward and say, this is the target. I have to say that as a mom who was home a lot with the kids, we did travel some. And when we did books, we did book tours and so on, but really most of the time I was at home. And I think even when you are with the family a lot, it is really hard to focus on exactly what you're doing and know what you're doing because it's it's a matter of putting out fires all the time. There is a crisis a minute when you have kids at home. And uh, there are just so many interesting, and even for those of us whose kids are gone now, there still are, it's so important to know where you're going as a couple, if you're a single mom, to know where you're going as a single mom. It really is one of the keys to happiness in your life. Well, and I'll tell you one of the, I'll tell you a couple of personal experiences that actually led us to write this book called Life Planning many years ago and and it had to do with my work actually i was a management consultant and i was meeting frequently with people in companies and sometimes in political campaigns and in other endeavors where we were trying to be helpful and trying to apply some analytical data and knowledge to what they were doing and one of the questions that you always ask as a consultant is what are your goals? You want to know from your client, well, what are you trying to do? What are your objectives? Where are you trying to go? What's the essence of your your mission statement and so on? And it was always interesting to me that when I would sit down with someone and, and in most cases and say, what are your goals for your company? They could tell me with a lot of precision. They, they could pull out their pro forma statement and they could pull out their mission statement and they could pull out their, their sales projections and they could pull out their other goals and say, here's, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my goals for this year. Here's my goals for five years. Here's our projections. A lot of thought, a lot of organization, a lot of effort. And then, when, on the other hand, when I would occasionally say, well, you know, as long as we're just talking here, what are some of your goals for your for your family? What are your what are your goals as a father? What are your goals as a mom? What are your goals in your marriage? M- much more vague responses. Um, things like, well, um, I hope I can be a good dad. Uh, well, you know, we want to have a strong marriage. Well, those are really not very specific goals. I mean, that would be like if in your company you were saying, well, you know, my my goal is to have a nice company. Or to make a lot of money. My goal is to make a lot of money. (laughs) But until those goals become specific and well thought out, they don't mean a lot. And, and, And sometimes we say, well, hey... I know my family is the most important things, but but how do you set goals in a family? I mean, in a business, you can say how much money you want to make or how many sales you want to have or how many widgets you want to produce or something. You can quantify it. But how do you set a goal within your family? What, What did we start thinking about that? I'm thinking back to the genesis of this book. We started thinking... What goals would you set for your parenting and for your children? And what goals would you set for yourself? I feel like it starts there. You really need to think about, and for moms, you're always thinking about somebody else or somebody else's need. But I think it is so important to sit down. I think when I first started realizing how important that was, I I realized I was going to do a five-facet review, and we've talked about this before, on myself. 
Like, how am I doing physically? And what are my goals to be better, to improve? How am I doing socially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? As a mom, as a as parent. A, as a person. Yeah, as a, as a person. But particularly I mean, as, a, as, a, as a spouse and as a parent, right? Right, exactly. Well, it all feeds from how well you're doing with yourself. And uh, I think that sometimes is what gets lost, especially for moms, in having specific goals of how they want to be in the future or how they want to improve what they're doing. Well, and I remember one of the things we learned and we, we began to discover fairly early in our marriage and career, because we were worried about this. I mean, we were concerned about the discrepancy between what our priorities were and how we were living and how we were spending our time and our our mental effort. And I remember one of the things that sort of led into this book called Life Planning was we began to understand that the difference in setting a career goal or a financial goal or a business goal, the difference between that and setting a family goal is that in one case you're talking about achievements, in other words, things you're trying to do, and in the other case you're talking about relationships. And we began to understand that setting a relationship goal is very, very different than setting an achievement goal. An achievement goal is largely quantifiable. I want to get to here this year and I want to double it by this time and so on. We're talking about quantities. We're talking about numbers. We're talking about percentages. But when you talk about a relationship goal, those sort of measurements lose their meaning. I mean, you don't say, well, I want a perfect relationship with my wife in 10 years, so therefore in five years I want a 50% perfect. I mean, it just doesn't work with numbers. So what we started realizing is that to set relationship goals, it's more about words than it is numbers. You need to write. You need to write a description of a relationship the way you want it to be at a future point in time, and then you need to use that little description as a guide in in the way you're relating to the other person. It's like, and, and we realize that even though a relationship goal and an achievement goal are very different, at their core they're the same because any good goal is a clear picture of something the way you want it to be at some particular time in the future. So if you write a description of the relationship you want to have with your spouse five years from now or three years from now or whatever time frame you choose and you describe your trust level and how you communicate and the time you spend together and so on, that becomes an image in your mind of what you want that relationship to turn into. And this is a pretty advanced course here because writing things and thinking through things like that is really difficult for a lot of people, especially if you come from a family where not much is expressed right. about relationships, about how you feel. I was listening to a podcast last night about something like things that are not said in a family. And you assume that you, your kids know that you love them and so on, and and yet unless you express that to them, they don't really know. I, I don't know. I don't ever remember my mom and dad saying, I love you so much, particularly my dad, who was very quiet. But um, do you remember your mom saying that she loved you all the time? No, not on? near enough. Not enough. I think I mean, it's a lot more common now that we express our love to our kids and that we have in mind the relationship we want to have with them. 
So we're laying the groundwork for why we wrote this book, Life Planning. And the, the implication was life planning, not career planning, not financial planning, not uh, business planning, but life planning, with life meaning mainly the relationships that you have in your life and how those goals and plans could be set and how they could be pursued. And what we want to do after a little break here, that we've got another minute or two, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the, how this life planning applies to children and how you can teach them at a fairly young age to set meaningful goals, not only for what they want to achieve, but for the relationships that they want to have in their lives. And that becomes a very, very important thing. And, and we began to learn as we did our research that children really have a hard time distinguishing between a goal and a plan. And teaching them to be able to do that can be a really, really powerful thing. So and also in the second half of the show, I'm going to get a little bit candid, and Linda's going to be mad at me for this, but I'm going to suggest that there are some things in this Life Balance book that we wish we hadn't written. We're going to be really <laughs> honest with you. There's a, this is one book that there's some parts of it, if I could go buy all the books in the world of Life Balance, I would take out a couple of the sections that are in it, and we're going to reveal to you why we wish we hadn't written some of what we did write. You are so funny about that. <laughs> I mean, it was good for the time that we wrote it. I mean, the age that we were. And uh, I, I thought it was all good, but maybe it was a little over the top. But anyway, we'll share with you the second half some things that we have discovered since then that are really important as far as relationships. So, Richard and Linda Iyer, Iyer's on the road, talking today about a book called Life Planning. And we'll take a brief break and we'll come back and talk a little more about how that kind of thinking can tie into your family and help you have a stronger marriage. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road talking today about life planning in a little different light. I mentioned that the, right before the break that this is, of all of our books, this is the one I've had some misgivings about and sort of wished, uh, uh, at one point I said I wish I'd never written it, but more realistically there's some parts of it I don't like. Let me tell you what I mean by that. At the time we wrote this book, I think I was a little too proactive, if that makes sense. No, that could Well, I just thought... <laughs> I'm kidding. I, you are the, the most proactive person. Let me see if I can explain what I mean. I I felt like the problem with this book is it assumes that you have more control than you really do. Okay? I mean, the basic thesis of the book is, look, you set a clear goal and you really think about it and you really pin it down and you make it very specific. And that becomes... A destiny. I mean, that's like writing your diary in advance. If you set the goal strong enough and if you work hard enough to pursue it, you will accomplish it. I mean, that's the tone of the book, right? And I, it, I, I remember at that time, you know, the, some of the mottos we had in our own life were a little, a little oversimplified, like, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. 
you know, and, and things like act, don't react, and things like have a goal, set a plan, work, and pray, and you will accomplish anything. And the, the thing about the book that I don't like and that I wish I could change, and actually I did change it, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but I just wish I had put in more into the book about the fact that we need some serendipity in our lives, the fact that there are a lot of things we don't control, about a lot of things we don't know, and you might set a goal, and as you get closer to it, you might realize that it's the wrong goal, and you need to change it a little, and you need to stay flexible. And there's not enough of that in the book. Does that make sense, Linda? It was sure, like yeah. it, it implied that, hey, you're really in charge, and you can do anything you want. It was There was a little too much positive thinking without the balanced thinking of, you know, you need to you need to be sensitive to other people and you need to massage your goals according to changing reality. Well, and it was when we were first starting our family and we had not realized that, you know, you can't really control your kids a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I mean, you, you can't determine you can, who they're going to be and who, who they, they are. Yeah. And you have these great goals of how your family's going to be. And of course, it's good to have long range goals and and have some basic things in mind that you're going toward. But uh, as far as individual children, each one is so unique and you have to work at it at such a different pace and, and have a different mindset because this child is, they come who they are. Yeah. And you have got to work through um, what is really logical. We have a daughter who has a, a little, their youngest number five has a syndrome, a really rare syndrome. Uh, they could not have planned that, and they couldn't have planned how they were going to respond to her or what they were going to have to do. They had no idea what they were gonna, what they were in for when they had this. Well, that's the point: is that life comes at you, and the idea of saying I can control life and decide exactly what my life is going to be is a huge mistake, and it's also presumptuous. I mean, it also it's conceited in a way. It's like I have, I can control, I'm in charge, and you're really not in charge. God is in charge, and there's a lot of things you can't control. So almost in penance, many years later, about 10 years later, we wrote another book called Life Balance instead of Life Planning. And it was, if the truth were known, we're pretty candid on this radio show, it was almost a, a rebuttal to our earlier book in a way. Because we were saying, hey, yeah, yeah, you, you should have goals, you should plan, you should be proactive, but at the same time, you've got to balance that by understanding that you have to react a lot, too, in your life, and there are things that will happen to you that you could have never anticipated, and it's all about making those into positive things and adopting a serendipity attitude or serendipitous attitude where you make the best of what comes and where you're flexible and where you're you have some faith and some you give credit to the divine and not just to yourself. So that's my that's my apology for the book but but I think what we're going to focus on the, the last few minutes of the show today what are the positive things about life planning that that we are glad we put in the book and how can we make those things work even better? And I think the bottom line is that 
you know, you need balanced goals. You need goals for your achievements and for your family and for your relationship and for your parenting and for your marriage. And and there aren't too many people who are over planners, you know, that That's are, true. Are, that are so proactive that they're, I mean, they're, we know we have friends. We are, there are some. <laughs> there are some. <laughs> But um, but most of us need a shot in the arm once in a while to say, let's get going here. Let's remember what we're doing. Let's focus on what what we need to do to bring to pass what we want to happen in our lives. And whether it happens or not, at least we have a direction to go. You know, one of the things that that's really important, I think, for parents, and this can start with fairly young children, Children, it turns out, really young children are actually great goal setters. If, if they can get it in their mind what a goal is, they become really good at going after it. And even in our joy schools, which is a program many of you listeners know about for, for preschool, we have little kids setting goals, three-year-olds like, setting, setting goals like what, Linda? Like, I need to stop sucking my thumb. So... <laughs> My approach is put my, my blanket up on the fridge so that I don't have it because I have to suck my thumb when I ha- and now it's more pacifiers than thumbs, but it is really fun to see a little three-year-old little tackle a goal, a goal like that or a goal of you know set tie learning to tie my shoe or a goal of um, you know being able to put my coat on by myself or little goals. And, and we have them draw a little circle and make it like a pie chart. And when they practice on it a little, they color in one of those pieces of the pie. And they want to get their whole circle filled in. They want to reach this goal. So my point is, little kids, this the concept of setting a goal is a simple concept, and kids can learn it. The problem we learn, we've found in our own research is when they get to be in elementary school and so on, they have a hard time differentiating between a goal and a plan. Actually, a lot of adults have a hard time with that, too. It's a very important distinction to make. For example, you ask a little child, set a goal for your piano. You're working on, you're in piano lessons, you're, you're studying piano. What do you think your goal should be? And the little kid says, well, uh, my goal will be to practice every day for an hour which is an admirable thought, but it's neat if you can teach a child that that's actually not a goal, that's a plan. What might the goal be? And get them thinking, well, a goal is something at a future point in time. It's a place you arrive at. It's a destination. So maybe they'll say, okay, my goal is to finish book three and get so I can play all the songs in book three. Okay, now that's a goal. Now, what's your plan uh, to practice a half an hour each day or practice an hour, whatever the goal is? And once a child grasps that, oh, I see. So my goal in school is to get an A in this class, let's say. What's my plan? Well, I need to study at night and I need to go to do well on the test. And, you know, the kids start learning that there is a thing called a goal, and then planning is a, a course that you get to that goal. Once a child knows that, it empowers them. Yeah, it really does. And, and actually, it is so fun to see what they come up with. We, Our youngest child was a terrific goal setter, and but she had terrible teeth, really terrible teeth. By the time <laughs> she was sick, she had a lot of... I think it was giving her a bottle of milk every night when she went to bed before we knew any better. But anyway... 
Um, so her goal when she was about ten. <laughs> Wait, a bottle of milk every day? Yeah, yeah. Oh, chocolate him, milk? No, oh. just give him a, a bottle with, <laughs> oh, to put okay. him to sleep, All you know, right. at night. And that milk sat on their teeth, her teeth, or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, she has terrible teeth. So her goal, for her physical goal, was to get thirty percent fewer cavities. <laughs> I don't know. Which, when you think about it, is a pretty good well, goal. I mean, that's measurable. Goal. You can you can figure it out, right? And but then the plans, of course, were to brush her teeth in the morning and at night, and be sure that you know she floss once in a while and so on. And those were her goals, not our goals. So once they, once these little kids get in their minds, this is my goal. This is not what my parents want me to do. This is what I want to do. It is a miracle what happens instead of just pushing all the time to try and get kids to do what you want them to do. Turn it over to them. Have them write down what they want to do for their goals. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you can, as a parent, if you can succeed in getting your children to set their own goals, and and there are some ideas in this book for doing that where you're trying to Divide it into categories. Maybe you want to set a goal for your academics and another one for your extracurricular and another one for your service and so on. You organize it any way you want. But my point is there's a huge, it's like a sea change in your role and your relationship with your child when the child actually sets a goal. Well, Because I, then instead of a nagger and a pusher and, and a... Uh, you now become a consultant. You're saying, how can I help you with your goal? Changes everything. Yeah, it is so fun to see this same daughter. I'll just never forget this one year that she was really working on her goals. And I have to admit, I will say publicly that she was kind of a hard child. She kind of had... um, (laughs) She had to come back for everything. She was smarter than we were. She was, you know, always kind of mad at us. And and so one of her goals was be 40% nicer. And now, I don't know how you quantify that. But it just shows me that she was trying. She was trying really hard to change the way she responded to us. And once it was in her ballpark, it really made a difference. So back to this book, Life Planning. The, the the good part of it is that it really does lay out how setting goals and creating plans and balancing those so you have relationship goals as well as achievement goals, how that can improve your life. The, uh, the downside of it is it's a little presumptuous and it doesn't include enough about serendipity and flexibility. But having said that, and by the way, we should also mention, Linda, we're a little out of order. Last Last time we did one of our books, it was the eighth book we'd ever written, which was Teaching Children Joy. We got that out of order. This is number seven. This was written a little before that. I don't think And we're Well, some people, are, really are, some people know we're trying to get track. through all these books <laughs> one at a time and give people kind of an overview. But the bottom line is that, you know, you really can plan your life. And the important thing to remember is that a planning process is ongoing. And we always try to tell parents, if you can have a Sunday session, if you can have a little time carved out each week where you reassess your goals, preferably as a a couple, if if you're married, you do this as a couple, and you sit down and you look through the goals you've set for your career, for your family, for your parenting, for your marriage, you review them and you modify them and you enhance them and you keep them in mind. The goal is no good. The plan is no good 
if you forget about it or if you, you know, it becomes vague in your mind, if you keep it current and you keep modifying and improving and fine-tuning it, it becomes a real guiding force. It really does. And, you know, if you do want to take a look at this, online is so fantastic. Now, just go online to Irish Free Books, and it is, is right there, and you can just see little bits that you want to look at. But the main thing is we want to wish you guidance, spiritual guidance, and even inspiration, even revelation, as you set goals for your own family and for your own marriage. There's nothing on which prayers can be more direct than when you're saying, I'm a parent, please help me with these children you've sent me. That prayer will get answered. So we'll leave you with that. Good luck, and we hope you'll join us next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.